Dark Days of Dorothy Gale contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 38 The Living Forest The blue mountains were beautiful in the distance. They were truly awe-inspiring, and Dorothy was taken aback by them at first sight. The awe of their majesty quickly wore off once she remembered one important thing. She had to get past these fucking things. She had to climb and hike and cross and move through these things. A thought that immediately brought her back to reality, but did not really bother Mr. or the lion. Mr., being a scarecrow, did not get fatigued particularly easily, and the lion was just happy to be back in the wild. Entering into the mountains was actually a somewhat pleasant experience. The travelers followed a well-marked and well-forged trail, as was indicated on the map. It was a nice hike at first, but after a couple of hours, it grew old and the trail disappeared altogether. The ring was, of course, no use going away from Emerald, and they were reduced to following a small compass given to Dorothy by Joseph. It was about the size of a small pocket watch, and had a battered brass finish. Oz, being unlike Dorothy's home world, did not have poles to guide the needle. The face had no markings, north, south, east, or west. It only had a needle, pointing and occasionally spinning. It was filled with a light, clear blue liquid that Joseph claimed was water from the ocean they would need to pass, and also claimed that the needle would always point them toward it. Something about magical water or some bullshit like that. Dorothy did not really care how it worked, so long as it worked. The trees in the mountains in southern Oz were enormous. They made American redwoods look like they belonged in a museum of miniatures, and Everest look like an anthill. Luckily, they were able to follow small valleys and avoid any real mountain climbing. It was actually surprisingly easy. That is, until the mountainous forest floor became covered with a writhing, thick and thorny bramble. It looked like thorn-covered worms or intestines digging into the ground only to come up in other spots, like a nest of thorny snakes, making a sickening grinding noise all the while. Rising and falling, it appeared as though the tangled mess of vines was breathing the travelers hesitantly stepped in briefly, but after only a few feet had to turn back. 
The lion's paws began to bleed, and Mr.'s fabric around his feet began to shred. Dorothy's pants and legs did not fare so well either. Fuck, she said, looking at her bloody legs and wincing in pain. She watched as the lion licked his wounds and Mr. patched himself up. Any ideas? Nobody had any. The lion wasn't much for communication, on account of him being a lion and all. And Mr. just looked away, as though Dorothy might think he did not hear her. Okay, she said. She was not only frustrated by the situation, but frustrated at the thought of this being only the first, and more than likely, the easiest obstacle in their way. Things were all uphill from here, and everyone was well aware of it. Dorothy looked around. The trees had not indicated any kind of sentient life or ill will toward them. Yea, for that. And for the most part, they looked scalable. I guess the only choice we have is up, Dorothy said, looking into the trees. I don't know, said Mister, looking up with her. Are you sure? I mean, with the trouble we've had with trees in the past... It might not be wise to climb into them. Dorothy looked at him. She understood his point, and it was indeed valid. But it was not as though he had any bright ideas or other suggestions for getting through. She took a seat on a nearby rock without saying anything. Mister was unsure of what she was thinking, and even more unsure of what to say. I know, she said in a gentle, soothing voice and a heavy sigh. We don't have a lot of options, though. We need to get through this one way or another, and we clearly can't get through on foot. You're right, Dorothy. You're always right, said Mr., almost apologetically. Dorothy nodded to him, and he nodded back in agreement. With everyone back on the same page, Dorothy stood up and climbed onto a low-hanging branch. Making her way into the dense treetops, Mr. and the lion followed suit. They moved this way for a good hour and a half, occasionally looking down, only to see the bramble curling and tangling around itself. The floor seemed unending, and Dorothy was beginning to worry they might have to sleep in the trees, a thought that was less than pleasant. The further into the forest they got, the livelier it became. It was almost as though it had taken on a personality of its own, and a rather frightening one at that. Dorothy could hear the rustling in the leaves of the tree. Feeling the shaking of the branches below her, she proceeded with caution, 
when a large thorn-covered vine shot through the trees and branches like a snake, stopping in front of her. It appeared as though it was looking at her, judging its best course of action, plotting its attack. Paralyzed by fear, Dorothy signaled her party to stop. She quietly and heavily breathed as she slowly unsheathed her knife. Calm and collected, she focused, slowly raising the blade over her head. With one quick swipe, she sliced through the thick vine as though it were nothing more than warm butter on a hot day. It shrieked and squealed like a stuck pig, then began to hiss and whip around wildly. Dorothy took caution yet again and moved backward on her branch slowly. She watched as the vine shriveled up before cracking and breaking, blowing away in a mist of fine dust. She looked at the knife, then back at her crew, with a look of pride and confidence adorning her face. <laughs> That's how it's done. I'm not about to let some fucking weed stop me. Her pomp and arrogance was short-lived when a second vine shot up in place of the first. Shit, Dorothy said plainly, as she turned her head back around. I guess I should have saw that one coming, right? She sliced through the second one with ease as well, followed by the third and the fourth, remaining humble as they moved further into the forest. The further they pressed inward, the more life the forest began to take on. A loud thumping noise could be heard in the distance. Thump, thump. Thump, thump. As they drew closer to the source of the sound, it began to shake the leaves and the trees. Eventually, it got to the point that the branches themselves were shaking so violently that simply holding on was becoming increasingly more difficult. Looking down, she saw a large ball of bramble almost directly below her. It pulsated and thumped like a beating heart, and from it, sprouted thousands of weeds covering the forest floor. Dorothy swallowed with fear at the sight and sound. She looked back at Mr. and the lion. Careful, she whispered. If we are careful, it might not notice us. You cut through several of its roots, Dorothy. I think it probably already knows we're here. This was unusually astute for Mr., and equally unusual in its sarcastic tone. Dorothy just nodded. He had a point. She turned back around and kept moving forward. A thorny vine shot up through the trees once more, this time wrapping around Dorothy's neck. Dorothy could feel herself beginning to lose blood as the thorns dug into her flesh as it tightened its grip and lifted her into the air. Kicking and attempting to scream, she reached up and tried to loosen its grip on her, but found herself unable. She took the knife and began to hack away wildly as if her life depended on it, because it did but the blade proved to be useless against this larger, woodier plant. 
She simply did not have the angle and thrust needed, nor could she bring herself to cut too wildly when the knife was so near to her own face and throat. Mr. crawled over to her as fast as he could. The knife, Dorothy! Give me the knife! He reached up for it, and Dorothy released it to him. He took the blade and moved in closer until he was lined up for one good slice. He managed to sink it through the vine's exterior, not managing to cut through it completely, but enough to hurt it and cause it to drop his friend. Dorothy fell back to the branch she was originally on. Slipping off to one side as she fought to catch her breath, she flailed violently as she unsuccessfully tried to get a grip. She fell through several feet of smaller, more brittle tree branches before landing on another sturdy limb. No more than a few feet above the forest floor, she looked around, trying to get her bearings back. She saw the heart of the forest in front of her. It was thumping faster now, pulsating and sweating sap as even more smaller vines began to push themselves out of it. Fuck this, Dorothy said quietly, looking for a foothold to help her climb back up to safety. By the time she found a knot in the tree and a collection of branches to climb on, it was too late. The smaller vines had her surrounded, and before long she was overtaken by the forest plant life. Her arms were wrapped up and losing circulation. Her legs were the same. Her torso and neck were left uncovered. But a lot of good those parts of your body do, when the rest of you is slowly being crushed and sliced by thorny vegetation. The lion jumped down to Dorothy's level. The limb she had landed on was barely thick enough or wide enough to support his weight. He wobbled a little as he swiped at the vines and roared violently. Leaping into the air, he covered Dorothy, pinning her down under his weight, preventing her from being pulled any closer to the large, palpitating heart. Taking the vines into his great maw, he bit through them with a loud snap as they broke between his massive teeth. They hissed and curled back into the forest floor. The heart began pounding faster now, harder and louder than before. Dorothy climbed out from under the lion and untangled herself from what vines were still clinging to her. She jumped up to a branch just barely within reach and climbed up. From there she moved to the next and the next until she eventually returned to Mister, who eagerly gave her back the knife. More vines attacked, but Dorothy managed to fight them off as she pushed forward. The lion continued on, closer to the floor. The thorny weeds attacking him all the while, getting a firm grip on his legs. They began to pull him closer to the heart, just as they had with Dorothy, all the while encasing more and more of his large body. Dorothy watched with horror. Even with her knife, she knew she would not be able to return the same saving favor that the lion had done for her. I got it, she exclaimed. Hold on, I have an idea. 
She reached into her backpack and searched frantically for the one thing she knew could put an end to the forest. Come on. I know I have some. I fucking know I grabbed them. God, is there somewhere in here I... Yeah, I got them! She pulled out a book of matches and struggled to light one, but got it. She dropped it directly onto the large, heart-like plant. It was as though time stood still. Both Dorothy and Mister watched as the flaming piece of cardboard fell through the air. The smell of sulfur lingered, and the light trail of smoke followed it all the way down to the heart. Unfortunately, the flame was out before it reached its final destination. She lit another with the same results. Out of desperation, in one giant Hail Mary effort, she lit one more and used it to ignite the entire book. She dropped it, and with nothing but dumb luck, managed to land it right on top of the heart. She watched as it disappeared into the large, vine-covered, artichoke-like plant. The flames disappeared inside of it, and Dorothy began to cry. Fuck! she screamed. That was supposed to fucking work! Tears streamed from her eyes as she watched as the lion continued to fight, pulling against the vines and failing. Smokey the fucking bear was wrong. Fucking wrong. God damn it. God fucking damn it. As the lion drew nearer to the plant, about to be devoured, a small trail of black smoke rose into Dorothy's running nose as she sniffed. Her eyes widened, and she looked down as her tears of sorrow turned to tears of joy. The heart began pumping faster and faster, bellowing out large puffs of black smoke. The vines weakened, and the lion was able to break free. Then the flames started. The bramble on the forest floor began to dry out and shrivel as the heart became engulfed. It burned so intensely that Dorothy could feel it high into the trees. They all watched in awe as the heart went up in one concentrated ball of fire. There was an audible collective sigh when the fire somehow extinguished itself, without spreading too far out in any one direction. She dropped to the now safe forest floor, still warm to the touch. Mr. close behind, and the lion close behind him. Together, they escaped. Lucky to be alive.